you guys see the Dolphins Ravens game last week? And even if you didn't get to watch the game live, did you see the highlight of it? Goes for 14 minutes and change. Well, why do I know this? Because I've watched it four times this week, maybe five. If you if you haven't seen it, stop listening to me right now. Stop watching me. Stop doing whatever it is you're doing that involves me and watch the highlight of that game. Oh my God, that was fun. You know what really pissed me off is there there were some of the most fun finishes we've seen in the NFL throughout not only this 2022 season, but really the last few years. Uh, that was about as hectic of a witching hour that we have had in forever. And that was at a fair. Now, granted, I was there with my co-host of Jack and Can, John, best friend of mine. Love him. I was with Michelle. Love her. I was with John's girlfriend, Rose. Love her. Met a very lovely man named Gino. Fuck it. Love him, too. But I miss all of that. Like, there there was so much good stuff. And I was at the fair. Like, come on. Killing me, man. So, this is uh, nobody is shiftier. Because nobody is shiftier than the shifty hippo. I just wanted to get the disclaimer out there immediately. If you didn't watch Ravens Dolphins, what you're doing right now with me is less important than that. You need to go watch. Actually, you know what? Even if you have watched it, if you watch the game live and watch the highlight later, still go watch the highlight again real quick. Those two teams. I mean, honestly, I guess I could start here and everybody is, but this does have something to be said. The Dolphins were down three touchdowns twice in that game and battled back to win that thing. It's impressive as hell. And then the other portion of that is that we finally got to see what Tua can do with this offense. Now, I really want to specify on the can do. That's the part. That's the point of emphasis. Can do. That doesn't mean that this is the new Tua. This doesn't mean this is the new Dolphins. This does not mean that this is that team now. But this is what it can be. Oh, 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 give me some of that. I don't know what my favorite part of the game was. Honestly, like when I look back at it, because I'll be honest, anytime the Lamar Jackson takes off and all of a sudden he's through the one hole and everybody was trying to cover that one hole and all of a sudden there's nobody else. I mean, that was fun. <laughs> that uh, uh, Bateman... Over there in Baltimore, by the way, I had heard that he was supposed to do something pretty cool for the Ravens, actually take over to an extent for Hollywood Brown. Um, but I don't really necessarily trust these things before I see it. I always just go, yeah, that's usually what fans say. As soon as somebody gets out, you want to find the next guy. You want to find the replacement. Well, who's the the next this? And yeah. Okay, now it's believable. That guy is fast as hell, too. There was more speed on that football field than any other game in the history of the NFL. That was crazy. 
It, between one thing to keep in mind too, I know that a lot of people will point out that Mostert is faster than Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, and he very well may be. I'm not arguing that point. But do you forget how fast Chase Edmonds is? Like that dude can fly too. They're beyond the point of running. They're not running with the football. They're flying with the football. There should be air traffic control in the end zones when those guys are running with the ball. That whole Dolphins team and two guys from Baltimore. Anytime they got the ball in their hands, I want to see dudes with giant glowing sticks in their hands trying to wave them in. It's incredible. Uh, That was so much fun. Tyreek Hill catching the two bombs, one of which was clearly just blown coverage, the other of which wasn't really blown. It just, you know, that somehow teams always forget, oh, yeah, we can't let him back there. I don't know how it keeps happening. They did a decent job last year of bottling up that up with Kansas City, and maybe this is just because people don't have the faith in Tua to be able to put the ball on Tyreek Hill that deep that maybe they're the, the safeties are going, ah, he's not going to really hit him back here anyway. Or maybe not even thinking he'll, he'll take the chance. But if anybody watched the film of Tua in Alabama, you you would know that Tua can sling the ball pretty deep. I mean, he didn't have the strongest arm. It's not Josh Allen. It's not young Matt Stafford or Ben Roethlisberger. It's a pretty pretty strong arm. I mean, almost everybody that is a quarterback in the NFL can throw the ball significantly further than you typically see them throw the ball. That's something to keep in mind. So even when you got some guys out there, now I know some of them really struggle. When Ben got old, he he really couldn't put the ball accurately more than about 20 yards, maybe 25. Brady has it here and there. Like it, he, he kind of comes in and out. Brady's a weird one. Brady can at times give you these beauties that are like 45 yards deep. And other times, hey, misses pretty bad. It's strange the way that it happens, but I have noticed it. It's always wavering. Russell Wilson's got a pretty strong arm. Tua's not one of those guys, but Tua has the ability to sling the ball pretty far. We got to see it happen twice. Jalen Waddle got to come alive. That was really cool. Uh, you know, we've been kind of waiting for the Waddle game. I, I think that was the first time in NFL history the two receivers had over 10 catches, 150 yards, and touchdowns on both sides. Or maybe it was two touchdowns specifically, because I think they did both have two. The incredible game. I just don't want people to overreact and say, okay, the Dolphins are the team. Because I've decided a whole new system for the NFL for specifically this season. We can figure it out again next year. But for this season, what I want to see, play the regular season as usual. When it comes to the postseason, let's just knock out all the teams right away. Let's just have the Bills and Chiefs play a seven-game series. So you get four to seven weeks of football as a postseason and it's just Bills Chiefs every time. They're playing in a different league than everybody else in the NFL. I don't know what you would call it. 
I, I made the joke last night on Jacked and Canned. I made the, the joke of NFL Plus, but apparently that's actually a thing with the NFL app. So I guess that's probably not going to work. Um, maybe we could go like the EFL for the Elite Football League. I know I've seen that with uh, with different fighting promotions. I remember the Elite FC. <laughs> I I don't know what you would call it, but there there should be a a realm in which you can still play the entirety of the regular season the way that you typically would. You let all these teams get hot, get cold, get whatever, and then come playoff time, just shred all of them. I don't want any of them here. Give me Chiefs. Give me Bills. Seven game series. Have you seen either of those teams play this year? Holy shit. They are good. <laughs> I mean, I, I know I'm not breaking news here, but they are playing so much better than everybody else. It, honestly, I would make the argument that the third best team by how they've played thus far this year has been Philadelphia. And I don't know that Philadelphia is going to continue that. The Bills are phenomenal. Uh, Josh Allen has become, I can't believe it. I really thought when Josh Allen got drafted, I, I was ready to wait and see. But after his rookie year, I was so out on him. I was like, that, that was one of the worst rookie years I've ever seen. The other guy I would say that about was Alex Smith. He panned out all right. Josh Allen is better than Alex Smith ever was. And Alex Smith, very consistent career. Uh, after his first couple of seasons, Alex Smith had a very respectable NFL career. Not not what Josh Allen is. Jo Josh Allen's a different animal. They, obviously, we don't know what the future holds, but last year and this year specifically, really since Stephon Diggs arrived, and I think that that wasn't just that Stephon Diggs arrived. I do think there's more to it. I think that Josh Allen took a leap at the same time that Stephon Diggs got there. But the difference is just massive from his first year, two years in the league to what it's been since. Josh Allen's become absolutely elite. Patrick Mahomes, I mean, I've shared this with you guys. I think he's the best quarterback in the NFL. Honestly, I think he right now might be the best quarterback that, and really over the last few years even, like actually since he's been playing. Might be the best quarterback I've ever seen. I'm not saying he's the GOAT. He hasn't accomplished any of the things Tom Brady has. Got one Super Bowl, one MVP. Eh, good start. Keep on playing, Patrick. I actually think he might be there one day. And it's becoming more and more evident as I watch more and more Chiefs games. I mean, the way they bludgeon the Cardinals... Uh, that was, I, I know that was week one. But I don't think the Cardinals are that bad. The Chiefs made them look that bad. The Chiefs also right now have a very good defense. What the hell is that? <laughs> I wasn't anticipating defense on top of it all. They usually have like a couple of guys who are really good at getting sacks. You, Chris Jones is always going to be in somebody's backfield. You're going to see guys that can make plays defensively. But this Chiefs defense looks like the best one that Mahomes has had. Granted, it's two weeks into the year, so this is subject to change. But I love what I see in Kansas City. I think this is going to be 
just an unbelievable year for both of those teams. I cannot wait till they match up in the AFC championship game because that's where this is heading. I brought up the Cardinals a minute ago. How the fuck did Kyler Murray do that? All of it. The 16 points out of nowhere, whatever that two-point conversion was. I think I think the stat was he ran either 70 or 80 yards on that play. Granted, for a gain of two, uh, picked up the two-point conversion, but holy shit. I mean, that that was something. When quarterbacks can do that, it's like <laughs> what one take that I've heard that I actually really have enjoyed. Who gives a shit if he watches film, if he just comes out and does that? Like, what, what what's the film do? Like, what, what did he break down in that play? Nothing. He just ran. He was evasive. That's all he did. And he won the game. He won the he won the game. Can't believe that one. I had so many bad breaks when it came to betting this week. I I told you guys, or actually, I don't even know if I did tell you guys. I think I did. Week one, I went 13 and three on spreads, 14 and two on over unders, went 11, four and one on uh, just picking winners. This week, still was 10 and six on winners. I was even nine and seven on over unders. And over unders, I, I, I honestly don't feel like I have the best grasp of where an over under is going to be. The spreads, I went four and 12. I almost entirely ruined everything I did in week one. I'm basically up a game now. I won. <laughs> I, I lost three in week one, and then I won four in week two. So I am up a game. I hate it. I hate it. Uh, by the way, guys, you're not getting picks this week, not because I'm so deflated from it. I gave picks on Jack and Canned. If you guys want to go check that out, you can. Uh, more so the reason being, I didn't want to go and pick five more games because I knew I wanted to record today because tomorrow I don't want to do shit. I'm going to a wedding Saturday. It's going to be a, a little bit of a travel. And then we got a hotel down there. Sunday, we got plans. We're going to be at the casino. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Okay. The return of the casino. It's going to be the best moment of my life. But I'm psyched. Like, dude, this is life, and I'm living it. Well, I don't want to write down all the games right now and make all the picks and then come on here and decide out of all the picks which ones to make for you guys. So I went through yesterday, and I just went through the games. I picked five that I liked. Wrote them down, did those on Jacked and Canned. You want my picks for the week? Go check out the sports roundtable on Jacked and Canned. You'll get my five picks for the week. I just don't have it in me to write them all down right now. I'm tired, man. I'm doing 4 a.m. Well, I'm not shifts at 4 a.m., but I'm waking up at 4 a.m. The problem is because you might just say, oh, just go to bed early. You'll be fine. Yeah, I agree. Except that I like this girl that lives here. She's pretty cool. So I try to hang out for when she gets home. She doesn't get home until 8, 9 p.m. And then what's uh, like, what am I going to do? Just see her and be like, all right, good night. No, you got to hang out for a little bit. So I end up going to bed at like 10, 11. So I'm sleeping like five, six hours a night. It's been terrible. Granted, loving what I'm getting done at work. Terrible on my sleep schedule. So with that said, not as much preparation, not as much writing down shit. I'll go ahead and make the picks before the weekend just because, well, 
I'm going to need them for when I'm away on Sunday. Once again, for week three, I'll be at the casino actually probably still watching football. So that'll be pretty nice. Well, eh, kind of watching football. I'm going to be jamming the shit out of the slot machines. What I'm going to be doing. I know that people say it's a baby thing to do. Like, Oh, really? You're going to go play the slot machines. Not going to play cards like a, like a real man. No, I like the slot machines. Plus, like, I, I'm smart enough to know I'm a little bit competitive. You slap a bunch of dudes around me that start throwing around large money. If I feel like I got the hand, I'm going to be like, all in. And chances are, I probably won't have the hand. So what's the point? I can sit there and play the, sh- uh, the slot machines, be totally controlled. And then when I feel like taking my money out, I'll take my money out. It's perfect. I'll go in there with 200 bucks. I'll walk out with whatever I walk out with. If it's zero, fine. I lost 200 bucks. I'm already spending enough on this wedding. What's another 200? It's one thing that sucks, by the way. You notice this? Your friends get married and you're just like, oh, yeah, this is cool because it's not my wedding. But then after you factor in travel, granted, this one we can drive to, but there's still gas money. I had to buy the hotel for the night. I got to give this guy wedding money. And it's one of my really good friends, like really, really good friends. So I can't I can't just like pop in a quick hundred and be like, all right. Yeah, me and Michelle say congrats. Now I got to give him more. She already booked dinner reservations for Sunday steakhouse at the casino. Yeah, that that's probably not going to be cheap. I'm already dropping a pretty good bit of money. I'm going to bring 200 in cash into that casino. I'm going I'm to try to win back everything that I spent. That's the goal. I'm going to see what I can do. And if I lose it, then I lose it. But at least I can stop it there. There's nothing more. Like, I, I just know it. Like, at a card table, I'd be like, no, no, no. No, 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 Let me get more cash. I'm coming back to the table. I'm sweeping this. I'm sweeping this up. These chips are mine. And they probably won't be because I'm really not that great at poker. Like, I'm, I'm solid. I'm not great. All right? So, back to football. What's going on with Tom Brady? Because I got two theories here. And I want you guys to to reach out to breaking down the tape. Let me know. Let me know which one of these you think is more accurate. Theory one. Tom Brady spent a lot of this offseason not doing shit about football. And he's just got some rust that he's shaking off. That's the theory I'm hoping for, by the way. I really hope that people are with me. But there is a second theory that does make sense. Tom Brady retired for a brief 40-day period. Tom Brady signed a deal already that as soon as he retires, he's making a fuckload of money broadcasting. Maybe the signs of the offseason point to that Tom Brady really just does want to do one more year. Parent issues in the household that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and break down like I'm TMZ. I don't know what the hell's going on there. It's Tom Brady and the supermodel, Giselle Bunchen. Figure I'll at least throw a name out there so I'm not just saying some hot girl. Like, yes, I'm aware of who she is. How this affects him on the field, I don't know. I'm not Brady. 
but I have to imagine that if there is some type of issue within the household, that probably affects the way that he's thinking, probably affects his work ethic to just some extent, even if it's just a minor twist. I'm sure the guy's still watching film like crazy. He's still 2-0. and I, I just, I, I want to know. I want to know if he's going to turn it, turn it around, if he's going to come in here and start stomping on everybody like he has in years past. And this, this week, man, I mean, he, he's missing like half his receiving core. I, I don't, I don't know what he's going to throw to. So we'll see, but I, I'm a little bit worried about Tom Brady guys. Is Philadelphia this good? I don't know about you, but seriously, I, I mentioned it at the top of the show. They look like the third best team in the NFL right now. Granted, I don't think that they are, and I don't think that they will continue to look this dominant. But they look incredible. I mean, yeah, they beat the Lions by three, but the Lions are putting up plenty of points. I don't think that that's an issue for the Lions this year. If anything, you could say, well, maybe Philly's defense isn't that great. And they just stomped on the Vikings in week two. I I think there's something here, guys. I think Philadelphia is a real threat. Granted, I don't think that this is going to continue at the rate that it is currently at. I don't think that Jalen Hurts is going to look this good being top 10 in passing throughout the entirety of the year. I don't see that. But maybe. I like I don't I don't know where else to put it, so I'm going to leave it at a maybe. Super Bowl hangover. Not just for the Rams, but really bad for the Bengals, huh? What did they did that hurt so bad that they lost that Super Bowl that they've done nothing but drink themselves to sleep every night since? <laughs> it was terrible. I mean, it was bad enough in week one, but Jesus, you lost to Cooper Rush. <laughs> I mean, Cooper Rush isn't a bad backup. He's really not, but he's not good NFL quarterback. He's not somebody that we'd sit here and go, oh, yeah, Cooper Rush, that should be a starter in this in this NFL. Eh, he shouldn't be. I, I don't know what's going on with Cincinnati. Like that that's looking really bad. And I know that I predicted going into the season that they would not be a playoff team. And yeah, they're proving me right, but I still don't want to see it look this bad. It's terrible. Like it's the the one thing you don't want to see is a team that has potential just play terribly. It's one thing if they lose a bunch of heartbreaking games that are like 38-35 where you're seeing Joe Burrow and that offense clicking like it did last year. But what you're seeing out there, it's just this like miserable attempt of an offense. Honestly, the defense hasn't really been that bad, which has been kind of strange because their defense is all right. And I still kind of lean towards that. I mean, they've played Pittsburgh and the Cowboys without Dak Prescott, so maybe it isn't really even that good. Maybe it is actually pretty terrible, and they've just played no offenses yet. But I'm worried about the Bengals. Where where they go from here, I'm not sure. But this is clearly a bad case of Super Bowl hangover, like at its worst, and they didn't even win the Super Bowl. Speaking of bad, are the Colts the worst team in the NFL? Hear me out. 
they tied the Texans, who I believed going into the year are the worst team in football. Currently still holding on to that belief. And then you put up nothing against Jacksonville. Jacksonville's clearly improved. Don't don't let me make it sound like Jacksonville's terrible and you should never lose to them. I think Jacksonville's going to win a few games this year. But 24 nothing, huh? Ugh. Is this going to be more so like the Philip Rivers version of the new Colts quarterback? Is that what Matt Ryan is? Is he just filling in that role? Because honestly, at this point, they're missing Carson Wentz. I mean, <laughs> I didn't think I'd see the day. But the day came literally week one of the next year. The Colts are bad, man. The only team that's playing as bad as them, I, I would argue, still the Texans. And the Panthers look pretty bad. I, I think that's the only other teams I would have there. And the Panthers even have at least lost to better competition. Granted, well, no. No, I'm going to stand by that. I just gave it more of a thought. Houston, uh, they were in a one-score game last week against Denver. What the hell's going on in Denver? I mean, you got Russ. He's going to let Russ cook. Lost to Seattle in what was my personal Super Bowl. It was perfect. And then you barely beat Houston. There's something really wrong in Denver. And a lot of the signs point to it being the coach, and I realize that there's a lot of visible things that are clearly the coach. But I'm curious what else is going on, because I've seen teams with bad coaches still do better than this. There's got to be something going on here that I just haven't pinpointed exactly what it is. Russell Wilson hasn't looked very good. However, I'm not terribly shocked by that, but he also hasn't looked like a bad quarterback. That's the thing. And Denver had a decent enough team last year. Forgive me, by the way, I have to sneeze. feel like I should have just left that in. I don't know what the point of muting myself was. You're going to also have to forgive me for this, by the way. I got so much. I, I don't want to describe what I got on me, which I know can probably come across the wrong way. Uh, more or less, I think it'll limit the uh, amount of options for where I potentially work. And I try not to speak anything about what I do for a living on air just because I don't want it to ever be able to be traced back to me as a viewpoint of either the company or the organization, whatever the case may be. So just know that I inhaled a whole lot of dust like substance today and it is uh, it's messing with me. You're going to hear me occasionally giving you like a little in between things. You might hear me cough here and there. I, I just sneezed very viciously. I might add, uh, there, there's going to be some stuff I, and I apologize ahead of time, but I, I can't help it. I was absolutely covered from head to broken shoe in, uh, let's just call it cosmic dust. Let's pretend I work in space. So guys, 
I talked about Detroit a minute ago when I was speaking on Philadelphia. They got a real offense, huh? Hey, the Lions, they put up points now. I don't know how much they're going to win, but they're going to be fun. I'll take that. I'd rather, and granted, I don't even think that Detroit's a bad team, but I'd rather a bad team still be fun and exciting than just one of these droning-ass teams, even if they win a bunch. Like Pittsburgh last year, that was one of the most boring teams in football, and they still made the damn playoffs. Like, I didn't want to watch Pittsburgh in the postseason. This Lions team, I'd love to watch them in the postseason. They're going to at least put up some points in round one. They might get... They, they might get knocked around like 48 to 31, but I'll take it. I'll take the 31. That's cool. Their defense is pretty garbage, but their offense is pretty solid. All right, guys, before we move on here, we're going to take a little sip of the beer. Put it on the other side today. I'm not sure why. So, seriously, what's up with Kirk Cousins on primetime? I'm trying to figure this out. And all I can come up with, and I don't mean to to just throw this because I don't want this to necessarily be taken as lightly, is it's probably going to sound when I say it. This has to be like a like a mental thing, right? Like he he goes into the week, he maybe panics, feels something, and he fights through it. He plays the game, but he plays terribly on a Sunday night or a Monday night game. I mean, there's stats there to prove it. I don't have him in front of me, but I think he's won only like one time ever on a on a Sunday night or Monday night game, and I think he's only got. One playoff win? Like it's it's really unnerving. Like you you think of Kirk Cousins, and you don't think to yourself like elite quarterback. You don't think top five. You don't think anything like that. But you you think top half of the league. He's a, he's a good quarterback. He really is. Honestly, I'd say that he's beyond. Like when I say top half of the league, I'm not saying that I think he's like 16th. I I think he's closer to 12, 13, somewhere in there. And then it just goes away when when it's Sunday night, when it's Monday night. I don't know how he plays on Thursdays or if he even has played a Thursday. I'm sure he has, but I, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I just don't understand it. It disappears. I mean, I don't think that you can have a whole lot of shame in losing to Philadelphia the way they've been playing the first two weeks. But putting up only, what was it, seven points on them? I mean, you got to do better than that. You got to at least put up a fight. You got to throw up 20 points like everybody else in the league. It just, uh, that one doesn't make sense to me. Trey Lance, by the way. Ooh. The uh, the best thing that could have happened to the Niners just happened. I know it sounds cruel. I know it probably is a little bit on the uh, the hot take spectrum. But I'm right. You being forced to play Jimmy G makes it so not only do you get to play your better quarterback, but you also don't have to apologize for doing it. San Fran gets to put in Jimmy G and not have any of the the negativity that comes around with that. 
the questioning. Oh, does this mean that you're out on Trey Lance? Oh, do you think you'll ever put Lance back in? Do you think maybe it's just next year? You get to avoid all that. You just get to play Jimmy G. Trey Lance is unavailable to play. And now I don't know how good the Niners are. It's it's going to be interesting because on obviously they made it to the NFC Championship last year. A few years back, they made it to the Super Bowl. This could be a really, really, really good football team. We're going to have to see. But this is so much better than having Trey Lance. Trey Lance clearly is not, he's either A, not ready, or just B, not good enough. And I lean towards B. But obviously, we haven't really gotten to see a whole lot of him, so I can't make that 100% truth. I can't write that in stone. I can definitely write it on paper. I, I think Trey Lance has played like garbage his first few games in the NFL. But the Niners are now a team to worry about in the NFC. As somewhat unfortunate as that might be, not only because I'm a Seahawks fan, but because I kind of find the Niners to be boring as shit. It's very much unlike the Dolphins-Ravens game. I got a couple of players that I got to speak to real quick. (laughs) My fantasy team needs you. So I need you guys to show up because I drafted you guys pretty high with the anticipation that you guys were going to produce. You you were going to be something that I was going to be like, yes, I got to steal on both of these guys. Because everybody was taking receivers. And I said, no, no, no. I know that there are running backs that are capable of consistently putting up the same kind of numbers. And I got the guys. Derrick Henry. Start stiff-arming the shit out of people, running over people, and getting into the end zone. Please. My fantasy team needs you. The Shifty Hippos is our team name. The Shifty Hippos need you. Najee Harris. Start doing all that Najee Harris shit you did last year. The Shifty Hippos need you. I was losing by a pretty good bit and almost ended up winning because I have Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs and they lit up the damn scoreboard like themselves. I don't even know if anybody else played. I feel like that whole game was simply Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs. I don't know if there were any of the other 20 players on the field at any given time. I need Derrick Henry and I need Najee Harris. I drafted them high. So then, you know, outside of them, I got Stephon Diggs. was psyched about that. Got Mike Evans. I like Mike Evans. I got Mike Williams. He's good. I got DK. Probably shouldn't have. I was just like, you know, you, you got to get the explosive guy. I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, you know what? We can probably figure out some good underneath route shit for him because he is a better route runner than he's given credit for, even though he's he's not great at it, but he he's better than people say he is. But he's also so damn fast that I think to myself, I'm like, if you can just hit him consistently on slant routes, he's going to bring a few of them to the house. We have yet to see any of that, but I still have DK. I can live with having that be a bad pick. I just dropped Antonio Gibson and picked up Terry McLaurin because I'm like, you know what? Clearly, I need another receiver in here, and I do have like two extra running backs. I probably only need one. 
I don't really have depth at receiver. So I grabbed McLaurin because this week, well, Mike Evans suspended, and uh, I didn't want both my flex spots tied up in running backs. So I was like, okay, you know what? Here it goes. Going to get a receiver here. But this only works for me. This only pans out. This only pays off if my two highly taken running backs pan out. So go ahead and make fun of me. Tell me it's a receiver's game. That's fine. I haven't played fantasy in 10 years. The hell do I know? Last time I played, uh, I believe, uh, oh, God, who was it? Who was the number one pick? Oh, I think it was Adrian Peterson. That's how long it's been since I played fantasy football. I'm pretty sure the last time I played, Adrian Peterson went number one overall. It was all about the running back then. And I know that now people still go for Christian McCaffrey just because he's so dangerous out of the backfield, but I'll tell you that that's a mistake too because that guy is injury prone. You guys see the NFL passing leaders? Number one, Tua. Number two, Carson Wentz. Number three, Joe Flacco. I know it's cute, guys. I I know that we can do this thing where it's like, oh, my God, look at this. Look, we see shit like this at some point early on in every season, not necessarily this specifically at the quarterback position, but we see quarterbacks that you know aren't going to be as high as they are somewhere early on in the year you see running backs that maybe some random guy goes off for 214 yards in week one and all of a sudden after two weeks you're looking at the rushing leaders and you're like oh my god and you know it could just be somebody like totally random like james white is leading the league in rushing (laughs) and then you get to week seven and it's like oh shit okay that wasn't great so don't don't buy in too much to this. I hear a lot of people talking about this list right now, and they're just smiling and high-fiving each other, and oh my God, look at us. Look at the quarterbacks we got. Look, Carson Wentz is going to throw for a lot of yards. He'll probably end up being somewhere near the top 10, if not in the top 10 by the end of the season. Tua, I, I don't know what I'm getting out of Tua yet. I really don't. I I think that with Tua... I mean, obviously, if we see a few more games like we saw last week, and I do think it's feasible to think that with him, yeah, he'll be up in there. Let's be real, guys. Joe Flacco is not going to continue to be here. Like, it's cute right now. It's fun. I'm even having fun with it. Come on. Pump the brakes. (laughs) Joe Joe Flacco is not going to be leading the league in passing yards at the end of the season. All right, guys, before we get out of here, first, we're going to take a sip of the beer. Second, we're going to take a little bit of a look ahead to week three. We got what I believe to be the matchup of the week with the Bills Dolphins. This is your test, Miami. Josh Allen and them boys are coming to town, and you're going to have to try to fend against that. I mean, Look, one thing that's a given, and both these teams have very good defenses. Regardless of that, 
Buffalo's going to score points. Josh Allen is going to beat your defense in some way, shape, or form. Be ready for that. You need to be offensively creative enough to keep up in this game. And I think that if Miami loses this game close, that's still a sign of really good things to come in Miami. From Buffalo's perspective, you don't want to let these these new guys with all the hype come in here and take what's yours. You you got to stand tall. You got to continue to be the number one team in football. Now, granted, I think that that's exactly what's going to happen. I'm sure the Bills will lose some games this year. I'm sure the Chiefs will lose some games this year. But nobody's playing football like those two teams. They are simply just better than you. And I think that we're going to see that trend continue here into week three. But I am interested. I really want to see what the outcome of this game is and how the game was played, because I think it's going to be very telling specifically to what Miami may or may not be this season. If the Bills win this thing 42 to nothing, I'm probably going to bring Miami down a couple of pegs. Right now, I feel like there's real hope in Miami. Raiders-Titans. This one's interesting because it's two 0-2 teams that I don't think should be 0-2. For the Raiders, yeah, it's understandable that they lost week one. It was against the Chargers in L.A., and the Chargers are a very good football team. Week two, you really let one slip. You can't be up 16 at the end of the game, and then that just dissipates, and all of a sudden you're losing in overtime because Kyler Murray can just apparently sprint around long enough that nobody can catch him his whole way to the end zone for two yards for a two-point conversion. Like, the fact that that was that defining in that game, that play specifically, that's just a bad look. You got to do better than that, Vegas, and I think that they're more apt to show it because I think Tennessee is significantly more limited. If you can bottle up Derrick Henry, you've stopped their team. Like, they have nothing else for you, especially now that A.J. Brown's not there. I mean, Ryan Tannehill, it's not looking great out there. They're, they're going to end up having to upgrade a quarterback. I know that they did grab one in the draft this year. We're probably going to have to see the progression of him throughout the course of this season. I don't think we'll see him in any game action this year, but potentially next year you might even be starting the kid because I think Tannehill's time in Tennessee is pretty close to done. You've already potentially wasted the best of Derrick Henry, and you're not going to be getting any better if that's the case. We got the Lions-Vikings. This one I find interesting. Guys, like I, like I just told you, Detroit puts up points now. Detroit puts up points. Like, that's really cool. And I think that Detroit is going to be putting up a fight in this division, at least at the beginning of the season. Green Bay already lost a game. Minnesota just lost a game. Detroit lost a game, too. Granted, Minnesota and Detroit lost to the same team already. I think that this is a real matchup. I'm excited to see the way that it's played because I I think that the Vikings have the better team by, I don't want to say a super wide margin, but wide enough that this shouldn't necessarily be a massively competitive game. However, I do have Detroit 
plus six here. I can tell you that as one thing I do remember that I picked yesterday, I think Detroit's going to keep it close. But when I say close, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a 10-point game where garbage time touchdown makes it three. You know what I mean? I feel like Minnesota is definitely better than Detroit, but Detroit's going to score. It's going to be tough to stop them. How does this division pan out this year? I, I Honestly, guys, I'm not sure. But I am excited that the Lions are trying to make themselves a threat. Rams-Cardinals. Uh, disappointing starts, really, for both teams. I know that we talked about earlier how impressive the Cardinals' improbable victory was last week, but they look, I mean, they got smacked by the Chiefs in week one. And granted, yes, it's the Chiefs, but they lost bad. They lost so bad that the TV got turned to a different game. Like, not me with the remote. Like, they just cut the broadcast and said, no, nah, send it to the other one. Week two, they had to pull out all that just to just to get a win. It's not looking great. The Rams, they got smacked by Buffalo again. Yes, it's Buffalo, but yeah, not a great showing. And then week two, you, you edge out the Falcons. Mm. I don't know, guys. It seems like two relatively disappointing teams this year. But this is likely the deciding factor of the NFC West, not necessarily this game, but these two teams. Sam Fran obviously now has a shot with Jimmy G playing quarterback, but it still remains to be seen exactly how that's going to look, not only because the Niners have spent their entire offseason prepping for Trey Lance to be their starting quarterback going into the season, but because there's now tension between Jimmy G and the Niners organization. So I'm a little bit skeptical to think that the Niners are really going to be that kind of good. This game's huge in the NFC West, which although does not appear to be one of the best divisions in football right now, it's it's still a big deal. Plus, it's the defending Super Bowl champions. Who doesn't want to watch that? We got the Packers and Bucks. Both quarterbacks kind of struggling coming out of the gates. Perhaps a telling tale of signs to be in the future of how much longer Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady can continue this rivalry by the fact that their own careers are coming to a slow demise. Or, or, two of the greatest quarterbacks of all time going head-to-head, and we're going to see some fucking fireworks on Sunday. I don't know. I'm honestly not sure. But either way, I'm here for it. I, th- this is a real battle. I We love anytime we get to see Rodgers versus Brady. I think the Bucs are more or less going to take the NFC. I think the Packers might lose their own division. But I still think this matchup says a lot. I grabbed Tampa, I think, at minus one. I think it was. And they're at home, and I'm, I'm sitting there, and I'm like, I realize that Tom Brady's weaponry is very low. It's very limited. But I've seen Tom Brady win with uh, actually less than this. Like, I think Cameron Braid alone is more offense than he had the last two years in New England. So I, I still got faith that Tom Brady and the guys in Tampa there are going to get things done. Plus, Tampa, by the way, have you noticed how good their defense is? It's incredible. I wasn't anticipating their defense being that kind of good. 
It's it's played really well this year. Last game that's on my radar is the Niners Broncos. The Niners now with Jimmy G in there. What's it going to look like? Is it going to be effective? Is it going to be more more or less like a uh, a very telling tale that Jimmy G really does just want out of there? What's Russell Wilson going to do to fix this team in Denver? Because I don't think he can put it on Nathaniel Hackett anymore. I honestly, I'm not sure that he knows what he's doing. And I know that that seems to be the popular take around the league. And I'm probably overblowing it, but something's off in Denver. But can they get it rolling in week three? Because I still anticipate that we're going to see Denver be at least a threat of a team this year. I just can't picture a Russell Wilson team that's not terrible being, well, terrible. <laughs> you can give Russell Wilson very little, and he can give you a lot. So I I need to see something out of Denver. This would be a great week for that to start because, honestly, this Niners team might be very good, but I don't think it's as good as Denver can be. So I need to see something out of Denver this week. Guys, check me out on Jack and Cam with my buddy John. Check us out here on Breaking Down the Tape. We're going to be going live tonight for Thursday Night Football, Browns versus Steelers. And as always, this has been Nobody Is Shifty.